Ghostly Thistle presents The Antique Shop Episode 4 The Hounds I didn't really want to record this. I could do away forgetting the whole thing. But perhaps if I talk about it, it'll make sense. It'll frighten me less. That's what they say, isn't it? If you talk about a problem, it lightens the burden. Does that only apply if you talk to someone else? Or does talking out loud count as well? It was another day in the shop. Everything had been pretty normal, by shop standards. I was testing my design skills by trying to make a wee display on the counter. It had taken me a good hour or more to clear everything off it in the first place, and then another hour to reorganise it so it was presentable instead of the hoarder's dream it had been before. Finally, I could stand back and admire my handiwork feeling a smug sense of accomplishment that I'd managed to make a dent in the endless task of cleaning the shop. When Kronos, the cat, jumped from nowhere up onto the counter, I got that dread I assume most cat owners get when they see their feline companion eyeing the fishbowl. That wee shite stared at me, the same mischievous glint in his eye that's always there when I'm around. His heed turned towards the new display of magazines and boxes of vinyls, and then back to me. His wee paw reached out, and I knew then that I wouldn't be able to reach the counter in time. With one quick flick of his paw, the entire display was on the ground, pulling round my feet and sprawling every which way. I may know how lunged for the display, but I was certainly going to lunge for that wee shite and skin him if I got hold of him. I said as much as I watched him scamper off. A man's deep voice startled me at my rage, though, when it said that Kronos was hard to get along with. Isn't that a bloody understatement? This bloke stood on the other side of the remnants of my display, giving me an intense stare for no good reason. It made me uncomfortable, but what disconcerted me more was I'd never heard him come into the shop, because the bell had never rung. At least, I'd never heard it. The sound of my display falling on the floor must have drowned it out. Right? I agreed with a statement about the wee shite, Kronos, but it was only then I started to question how this stranger knew the cat's name. The stranger introduced himself as Finn, and then asked mine, which I told him like an Egypt. I blame his accent. I dare anyone know to be charmed by an Irish one. He asked me if I worked in the shop. No, this wasn't like an, oh, you work here. This was more a, you work here, as if I didn't belong or something. I replied that I was a shop assistant, although even I could hear the question in my tone. He smiled at me, nodding his head slowly, but it felt as though he hadn't really listened to my answer. He'd never stopped staring at me the entire time, and I was gathering up the courage to ask him what his problem was when the madam appeared for the door to our rooms. She addressed him by name, commenting it had been a long time since he'd come to visit her, 
The way she looked at him was different, something I'd never seen in her before, and it looked an awful lot like emotion. Identifying which one was hard. Finn agreed with her and admitted he'd been very neglectful of their friendship. The look he returned was all I needed to see that this was a complicated friendship, one that involved sharing a bed from time to time. Madame Norna invited him upstairs and told me I didn't need to go with them as it was personal business. Worst words she could have used? I've been working in that shop for about a month now and I know nothing about her. She never talks about herself. Before this there'd never been anyone to come to see her on a personal level. No friends, no partner, no bairns, no family, no anything. I wasn't about to miss this, especially when I'd seen the look Finn had given her. I edged my way over to the door up to our rooms and opened it, sticking my head through. I didn't want to go up the stairs, even though they wouldn't have been able to see me for the living room, where I assumed they'd gone. The stairs are creaky and noisy, and there's no way of getting up them without making some noise. I stuck my head further through the door until I could just barely make out what they were saying. Finn asked when she'd started taking in my lot. What the fuck did my lot mean? Students? Young people? Locals? Madame Norna simply answered when they were needed. Their conversation made so little sense that I've become convinced I didn't hear them right. And it only got weirder. Finn asked her who I was, and the previous mirth in his tone had turned surprisingly solemn. Madame Norna didn't answer him. He then said that I must be something if I was in the shop, but that I didn't seem to know what he was. Then the bell to the shop rang, giving me a heart attack. I had to close the door, so I didn't hear anything more of their conversation, nor that I'd heard a great deal, and none of it made sense. It wasn't even a customer that had come in, just the wind blowing at the door. Finn was up there for ages, and I didn't have the courage to eavesdrop again, so I returned to my task of trying to clean the shop up. The dust in there is so thick at times, I'm glad I didn't have asthma. It's peaceful though, watching as the specks and particles flutter in the air around you. It's especially haunting when the sun shines through the windies. As I was cleaning, I suddenly saw, or felt, I'm not sure which, movement from the corner of my eye. It's like when you're sitting somewhere at home, minding your own business, but then you sense movement. Your eye catches something and you look, only to find a spider crawling up the wall or a fly making its way to the windy. By instinct, I turned my head towards it, but saw nothing but trinkets and books and antiques. I didn't think anything of it, but there was a lot of dust floating round, maybe a bit had caught the light at the wrong time. Except it happened again, and when I looked there was still nothing there. The first time was explainable, the second time made goosebumps erupt across my skin. I moved further towards the guilty corner of the shop and called the wee shite's name. Which makes no sense, since it's no like he'd just pop out and say hi. He didn't appear from the nooks and crannies the clutter of the shop creates. But I could feel something was in the shop with me, sharing the space. 
so I continued to walk slowly further down the narrow paths, running my eyes across the floor, in between the old cabinets, chairs and tables, searching every visible square inch. And nothing appeared. I scoffed aloud, I remember. But it wasn't out of humour. I turned around to go back the way I'd come, returned to my task, but when a low growl crackled through the air, I stopped deed in the middle of the aisle. Something about the noise told me it wasn't Kronos. I was facing the door to the shop, but the air in front of it fractured and shifted, as if I'd smoked a bad batch of baccy, seeing the flashes of bared teeth and bloodshot eyes. It was kind of like looking through those old Victorian zoetropes. You know the ones with all the slits and are shaped like a lampshade? You peer through one of the holes and spin it round fast until all the images together would create an animated loop of a couple dancing or birds flying away. Through the flashes I was seeing, there looked like there was giant dogs in the shop, more like the hounds of nightmares than anything domesticated and their low, wild growls saturated the air round me. I didn't stick around long after I realised what I was seeing, began to sprint as fast as I could in the opposite direction, further into the shop. It didn't take long for me to hear the tap of their claws on the wooden floor as they ran right after me, letting out a deep bark here and there. When I came to the end that was the back of the shop, in my panic, I ungraciously began to clamber over the tables and cabinets, hearing as everything on top of them was kicked and hurled without mercy onto the floor. I didn't care what I broke, nothing in that shop was worth my life. Obviously, the only way out the shop is the front door, but in all my scrambling about, I'd lost my sense of direction. Luck was on my side, though, and eventually I ended up right where I'd started, near the door but my way was blocked. Through all of this, I'd been able to hear more than I could see, but the flashes of giant hounds blocking the door persisted. I took a step back, finally remembering the door to upstairs, but tripped over something and landed sorely on my arse. The hounds edged closer, and to all this chaos was added the sound of feline hissing. Kronos, the wee shite, had appeared, his back arched, tail rigid, hissing at the predators prowling towards us. I grabbed him, knowing he didn't stand a chance, and when I looked towards the hounds again, they were posed to pounce at us. Out of some human instinct, I put my hand out, as if that had stopped them, and clenched my eyes shut, waiting for the pain of their vicious teeth to tear into my skin. But nothing happened. Like a wee bear and peeping out from behind the sheets, I opened one eye and then the other to find two normal domesticated dogs where the beasts of hell should have been. They gave me that look most animals give humans when they're being stupid. My arms went slack and I let Kronos go, but I couldn't feel my legs and so I sat like a rag doll on the floor, staring into space. The bell above the door sounded round the shop, and a middle-aged man ran in, out of breath and holding two leads. He apologised and explained they'd suddenly ran off. 
he hoped they hadn't caused any trouble. He must have been blind, because the shop was a mess, like a bomb had gone off, and I was sitting amongst the debris like a right numpty. The man managed to get me on my feet, which somehow didn't buckle under me, and soon after left me in a daze in the shop. I didn't know how long I stood there before I came to and got my jacket and left. And here I am, talking about it. I clearly remember what happened. But what actually happened? I've no smoked backy this week, or in the last few months. So do I just hallucinate now? I mean, I blame the shop. But what if it's me that's the problem? I just... I just didn't understand why this is happening to me. It's never happened before. And I didn't know what to do about it. Thank you for listening to episode 4 of The Antique Shop. Episode 5 will be released next Thursday. If you like this episode and the series, then please tell your friends or leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you didn't like it, then you might be interested in our other podcast, The McElwraith Statements, which is complete and available to listen to wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to support this show, our other one, or me in general, then you can visit our coffee page by searching for ghostlythistleandcoffee.com and giving us a donation. If you'd like to get in touch with us, our email address is ghostly.thistle at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Ghostly Thistle. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you tune in next week.